I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Well, once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Mon speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. Ah, with you again uh, from the banks of the old Bon Secours River, the southernmost part of the state of Alabama here in the United States of America. And our office is here, Fishers of Men Ministries. Thank you for welcoming us into your home. Or most of you live uh, are just listening just on the run. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 14, I'll be reading a few verses here. The book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 14, and we'll discuss here for a little while a movement that has always been in our country, but, but today it's popular, a popular movement in our country. And uh, we'll read about it here in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 14, all the way down to verse 1. Hey, if you listen to us and you'd like to correspond with us in any way, if you have access to that computer, our website is just very easy. It's just that F-O-M-M dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us here at Fishers of Men Ministries International. We keep it very, very simple. And uh, leave us a message. Tell us how we can be of help and blessing to you. Also, to give you our address, if you'd like to send us, we think about snail mail. Oh, I like that. When Mrs. Mon comes, puts across the desk someone. And, of course, most of our programs are heard on uh, some areas on the other side of the world. Uh, it would be so good to hear, so good to hear from you. Psalm chapter 14 and verse 1. David's going to address now the person who says that there is no God. Would someone actually say that? There would be a time in my country, if you were to say something like that, my friend, uh, you'd be you'd be uh, prosecuted and persecuted for it. Uh, today, if you were to say you are an atheist or have atheistic uh, tendencies, my friend, you're a popular person, you know. What does David have to say about this subject of the man who says there is no God? First, from the word of God. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. All right? Uh, my identity. My identity is with the godly, not with a godless. All right. If I had identity, if I had an identity with the godless, all right, uh, some things that would be descriptive of such. The fool hath said in his heart. All right, I'd be very foolish to say there was no God. The fool hath said it in his heart. The problem with the fool, the foolish man, is that uh, he has heart problems, not just head problems. 
Not that he was just educated maybe above his uh, uh, abilities uh, or uh, such. Uh, he has an emotional problem, a heart problem. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Some other things that would be descriptive of this man that would say, I don't believe that there's a God. The Bible said he's corrupt. Ma'am, sir, I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I'm not, I'm not judgmental. This is God saying this. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works, not just wicked, but worse than wicked. There is none that doeth good. It says the same thing in verse 3. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Not only are they no good, but the Bible says they don't do any good. A man that is an atheist, he does no good. Atheism never gave meaning to life, never dried a tear, never gave peace of mind, never healed a disease, never dispelled a fear, never painted a masterpiece, never composed a symphony. I could go on and on. You said, what? Just worthless? What's the problem? They're not seeking God. They don't understand. They're not seeking God. Why? They got a heart problem. They're not seeking God for the same reason the thief does not seek out a law enforcement agent like a policeman, you know. He's not looking for him uh, because of the fact of what uh, uh, his deeds are. But we think about the popularity of such today. If you were to do any research as to atheism, you find all oh, they have their own websites now, their own magazines, they have their own agenda. Here in America, the agenda is always to remove from government any reference to God and to cut any government support of any religious activity. In fact, the atheists are very supportive of those who we would call, call immoral and they're very dogmatically opposed to traditional family values. And if you were to read some things about them, you would see in their writings, they are exactly like Psalm chapter 14. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. Uh, who was it? I think it was the man, I think it was Mr. Huxley, said something like this, a noted atheist. He cannot see. He said, I cannot see one shadow or tittle of evidence for a God. He said, there is no God that's a heavenly father watching over his creatures. He is a baseless shadow of a wishful dream, my friend. Oh, he said, why do people speak that way? Because of what David said in Psalm chapter 14, they are corruptible. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Now, we got a problem, though. In the world, the world is changing for us as Christians. How are we going to survive if Christ, as Christians in a world that's becoming unchristian? All right, we have to know for sure that there is a God. And you know, there's some ways that God reveals Himself. How do you know that there is a God? Now, I know there's all kind of ideas about God. There, of course, there's the atheist. He asserts there is no God. There's the agnostic. He doesn't know whether there is a God or not. There's the materialist. He boasts he doesn't need God. There's the worldly fool who wishes there were no God. But how can I know for sure? All I got to do is flip. In fact, I'm flipping two pages in the book of Psalm. From Psalm chapter 14 all the way to Psalm chapter 19, how can I know? How can I arrive at a theological truth concerning God and knowing for sure there is an eternal, everlasting God? 
Psalm 19, verse 1. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Wow! What an inspired witness nature is. Day in the day of earth speech and night into night showeth knowledge. An inspired witness nature is. Even the atheists, some of them have to stand back in awe at the universe over them. And how it's, we think about the earth and all the complexities there, order and in which it, uh, uh, it runs. In fact, I would have to, I guess I could put it this way, it would be sheer intellectual absurdity to say that there is a creation without a creator. Are you listening? You know, we think about God being our creator, so when I look down to the ground, I see God. When I look out all with my eyes and see all the vegetation, everything is there is a God. I look up into the skies and my friend, there is God. To believe that there's a creation without a creator, that would be like me being invited to have a meal with you. I, I would do that if you just give me a call and and uh now I can't uh, I'm sort of being a little simple here. I, I would love to eat a meal with you. And if you would take and prepare a meal, put it on the table, and then we would eat. Oh, I love food from around the world. And doing worldwide travel, I get an opportunity to eat food that most people have never put in their mouth, much less they have smelled. But when I get through eating, you would ask me a question. It said, Brother Mon, do you believe there is a cook? There was a cook, someone who fixes. I said, well, of course. All right. To look and see this creation and not know there's a creator, my friend, oh, it would surely be very foolish, would I not? Hence, David said, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. We think about nature. Nature is God's braille for blind humanity, and it renders him without excuse. What is it? Romans one twenty. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. God is invisible, but the invisible things are clearly seen by the things that are made, even his eternal Godhead, uh, so that they're without excuse, you know. The things of God that we see that's a part of creation, show us. We look at creation and we say there is a God and there's no way to deny that. Even the mariner. And Psalm 107, oh, my favorite verse, verse 23, they that go down to the sea in ships, these see the works of the Lord, ah, and his wonders in the deep. All right. These that do business in great waters, what do they see? These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. When I leave the dock and I can't see creation anymore as far as the physical earth is concerned, I look out in the ocean and it just seems so endless. What do I see? I see, I see God. You know what? Nature is limited. It can tell you of God's power and his wisdom and his greatness, but it cannot show the truth of fallen humanity, you know. It cannot show the redemptive work of Christ or eternity, so we need more. So God has given us more. He's given us human history. You know, no matter where, no matter where you go in history, you're going to find God. You start there at Adam. There's God. You bring, all, bring it all the way down to today. There is God. Someone said about history, it's his 
story. In history, we find the depravity of the human heart, but we also find the merciful hand of God. Humanity speaks loud of God. And as far as we think about the most uh, we think about darkest of places upon the face of the earth, the people that live there know that there is a God somehow, some way, because they were created in the very image of God. Now, man lost this image in Adam, but, oh, there's something in the heart of man that tells him that there is God. But the way we know God is the revelation of Scripture. In the Bible alone, we find the complete and final revelation of the works and words and ways of God. Uh, and the Bible, we see God being eternal and living and personal and holy and sovereign in power in every realm. Also, a divine father caring for his children and perfectly revealed and such through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I can do is I can shut my eyes to nature all maybe say it all happened by accident and uh, this life crawled out of some primeval soup, but there's still God. I can rebel against the morality of the soul and the hunger that's there for God and defeat it with self and sin. I can reject the authority of the scripture and call it the product of religious and superstitious people, but there's still God and you must have him. Sir, ma'am, you need God. The thing with us as believers, I need to be very careful. Belief results in behavior. Are you listening? Does your behavior prove there is a God? All right. So what do you say? There are people that believe there is a God, but live as though he does not exist. I want to live, my friend, a life that is godly, not Godless. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. I'm glad this old preacher many, many years ago came to know this God through the work of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad I have an identity with the godly, not the godless. Until next week, Fisher Munn saying goodbye.